Hey gamers, this is Matt. We're going to do something a little different today. We're going to interview a parent. Now you may know that I handle phone calls from parents all over the country, increasingly all over the world, who are calling to say, hey Matt, what would you do if, and then they tell me their situation. Today we're going to listen to a mom in Chicago who, if you listen, starts off the call pretty sheepish, a little bit frightened about what's happening to her child, but by the end of the call, you will hear that she is thrilled, she's excited about the learning that could be in store for their child. That is our aim at the education game, and that's why I handle these calls. These are these are free calls. Um, you can go to my website at theeducationgame.com backslash contact and schedule a time for a one-on-one -on -one conversation. It's a free service. It's underwritten by generous folks like yourselves who go to patreon.com backslash the education game and contribute. Feel free to do so. No gift is too small and no gift is too big. So with that, let's get to the interview with a mom from Chicago. Okay, I have a mom here. She scheduled a time to talk to me. She's got a four-year-old daughter, a six-year-old son, and has some very common challenges. They're, they're, uh, their children are at a private school, which is very traditional. Her son gets like a, a packet of homework each week. And it is just like, you know, soul crushing, joy killing kind of stuff. So mom is like, what do I do? My son is not able to sit anymore. He's exhausted. Uh, and she's convinced as I am that there's something incredibly unhealthy about that. And so uh, mom, was that a pretty good overview? Yes, that okay. is accurate. So add, add some context to that. Any other pieces that you'd like to talk through about that? And, and this is really a, a conversation about your six-year-old son, correct? Yes, that's right. I do have a four-year-old daughter, but, but um, really focused in on, on my son. Right. And I guess what to do um, with whether or not we need to talk to the teacher about the homework situation. I want to be supportive of, of what she wants to do, but I just, I'm also now I gave it a shot. And so yeah. it's been, it's been a real struggle since the beginning of the school year. So that's been a bit. And I just think that the, the trade-off of spending time with him and really like connecting and learning in different ways, learning through play and learning through family time and all of that during the week is just, there's just not enough time uh, right. to get everything done. And it's stressful and it's time pressured and all of that. Right. Uh, right. And you, you said something in your, you know, in the survey that I sent you at the beginning, you said that you're worried about um, how, how the environment is shaping your child's understanding of what school or learning actually is that the idea that learning might now be seem like a chore something to be avoided. And that's, yeah. uh, I, I will tell you that that is a really, really wise statement that you just made. Um, I think that's the biggest concern that I have with a lot of house, how, how a lot of how school is structured. It's very, it's exactly what you're describing. The kid comes away feeling like, gosh, anything related to learning is hard. It's painful. It's, it's not enjoyable. And my goodness, I wouldn't want that if I, you know, if I had to, right. So now yeah. let's, let's talk through. So you, you, as I talked to you before off air, we're going to talk short term, and then we'll also pivot to talk some long term stuff because both are really hinging here. I applaud you for calling me. <laughs> it's sometimes scary. I know. Um, but I also want to 
remind you, as you've already said, that you've been kind of in this model now since August, right? Yeah. 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 So that's a kind of a long time to kind of experiment, right? And and I'm guessing, have you had any further, any conversations with the teacher thus far about, gosh, this is not working, et cetera? We actually have a parent-teacher conference coming up next week, so mm-hmm. it's perfectly timed. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. um, but I did go ahead and raise it to the principal just to understand whether it was a school policy or expectation for yeah. all gardeners yeah. um, to get that backdrop. And she was really responsive and supportive and understood. And she said, just, you know, it's actually a class by class yeah. Uh, yeah. practice and yeah. to raise it with the teacher. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here's the short term. Um, most of the time, families who are in a private environment, um, unfortunately, they get more options. They get more flexibility by the school because the school recognizes that you are a customer, right? And so they want to make sure you're satisfied. So I have found that when a parent does what I'm about to recommend with you, that they get much better response than if they're in a typical public school where the public school is more or less like, well, look, if you don't like it here, you know, we've got other people waiting in line kind of thing, right? Some private schools operate like that too. And there's a chance that that, that the school will be similar, but here is the general strategy. Um, first off, you have to have real clarity about what your goals are for your kid. What are your learning goals? And I think you've already described that you want your kid to really love to learn, right? Yeah, to be curious. Well, he loves to learn. I don't want it to be killed out of him, basically. Bingo. Bingo. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And and I think you're right to worry about that. So so preserving this love of learning, this creativity, this um, yeah, that is really that's a number one. So if that's your aim, and again, we will in another conversation, maybe we'll talk more about. Let's be really clear about this longer term vision, but in the short term, that's really what we're aiming at. So. Um, uh, you're clear about that. You also see the gaps from what you're, you know, what, what school is assigning and what your child is actually going through. And now you end up being in a position where you're going to need, need to negotiate. And here's how the negotiation begins. Um, oh, I forgot to ask a really important question. Help me understand your time flexibility, your family's time flexibility. Do you have uh, other adults in the life of the child that can kind of flex in and help support learning? Are you working full-time? Are you working part-time? Help me understand how life works in your household. Yeah, right now um, with the pandemic, I'm working from home, but yeah. still pretty pretty demanding, kind mm-hmm. of eight to, to 5.30. Yeah. Uh, and my husband is the one who actually drops off and picks up. Mm-hmm. So he has a slightly more flexible schedule, but still demanding. So sometimes he'll pick up hours, work hours at night or on the weekend. Gotcha. Gotcha. That weekday flexibility. Mm-hmm. There are no other folks um, who help with, with kind of learning during the week with the exception of, I guess, Thursdays, my mother does pick them up and she'll take them to her house and, um, they'll occasionally do, well, they, they do do homework right now because it's a part of what we're asked to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm, so we'll mm-hmm. help with this homework. Got it. Okay. So there's no one else who could play a more active leadership role in the child's learning, you know, a couple days a week, things like that. Not right now. No. Okay. Yep. Good. So I just, I need to understand that because that also changes the, 
the options that are available to you. All right, so the options are available to you are continue on in your current school, doing nothing, negotiate, uh, and that negotiation can become a bit um, assertive, uh, look for another option. Uh, if you had more support outside, then I could say, you know, there are other options like, you know, look at micro school, there's some hybrid schools that are out there. Um, uh, and I'm not sure if you know about those concepts, I can talk to you about that another time, maybe. Uh, but back to you. Um, the negotiation would go something like this. Um, teacher, you know, I've, I've done my very best. Uh, our whole family has done our very best to try to make this situation work. But it's not. And now I need I need you and I to go through a conversation of reduction. We're, we want we want to have a less but better learning experience for our son. I would use that language: a less but better learning experience. And so that packet, um, uh, I would I would you know I wouldn't just um, uh, I wouldn't just uh, argue that the packet is all bad, right? But I would say that what in the packet is the essential elements of that information? What are the things that my son definitely needs to master at this point in his educational journey? Because I'm going to make sure he masters those things. But what we can't do, I've got, you know, I've got a, um, you know, a full-time job, a husband working full-time. I've got a, a three-year-old, you know, I've got other dynamics in the household. I just can't, I can't keep up. So what is the negotiation that we can look at? That's where you're going to start with the conversation next week or whenever you have this parent-teacher conversation. In fact, I would probably give her an email or a call and say, hey, heads up, I'm going to want to talk with you about finding some way to reduce the workload because it's really, it's killing my son. It's also killing our family, right? That conversation, nine times out of 10, maybe eight times out of 10, the teacher's like, oh my gosh, so thank you so much for, for letting us know. You know, here are the things that really matter. Make sure these things get done every day. These are things that are kind of optional. And so, let, you know, we're going to push that off a little bit, right? Um, now, so that's, how, how would you feel about having that negotiation first off? Yeah, I feel good about that. I think that's totally, totally comfortable. Yeah. Uh, I'm worried maybe I waited too long to do that, but whatever. <laughs> I See, just said I'm going to do it. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a hint. Now, my kids are in all high school age, right? 18, 16, and 15. You never, you always know the right thing to do six months after you should have done it. That's, that's always the case, right? So don't beat yourself up. It always is going to happen from this point on, right? Um, but it works out in the wash. So, now, with that negotiation, I got to prepare you for a couple of ways this could go. The teacher might say, listen, you know, this is how the school operates, right? We're all about getting your kid ready for college, right? We're all about, you know, preparing him to be, a, you know, perfect score on the SAT test, whatever it might be. Um, and you'll need to become clearer about where your limits actually are, because here's the other option. If the negotiation breaks down, you can just say, okay, we're going to do our best. And then you keep doing exactly what you were going to do before. Meaning you, you decide. And I would recommend, by the way, reading. It's all about reading, right? Yeah, yeah. It's all about reading. And it's all about reading stuff that he enjoys um, and filtering in and, and feathering in stuff that, you know, that, you know, background knowledge, history. There's a great, there's a great 
read-along book called The Story of the World, which we have found to be fantastic. I learned a ton because all of my education was like Western civilization, and we learned about India and Africa and you know Asia and right, Latin America, et cetera. Anyway, so there are things that you can then uh, supplement, right? You, you jettison the packet of information that and history that he's not enjoying, and you bring in Story of the World or a historical uh, fiction novel that you guys listen to with Audible and read along, or maybe you read it out loud at night over at the dinner table, right? Mm -hmm. So what I'm really pushing into now is the possibility of you changing how you think about your child's uh, education, where now you as the parent start to become more of a leader and you start making decisions about what you think is best because I'm assuming you're college educated Yes. Yeah. So yeah. you've been through some of this. You understand the skills of the workforce today. You understand a lot of those skills are not being taught in school. And a lot of those skills have nothing to do with completing a packet, right? They have everything to do with being curious, with mm -hmm. being able to, to, to set a goal and, and work on it yourself without anyone supervising your performance and practice, right? So mm -hmm. if that is, um, if you start to lean into your role as a, a leader, we, we, use the, we use the language of head coach, right? You're the head coach. You have assistant coaches around your child to do things that you don't have the time to do or maybe don't have the expertise to do. But ultimately, you're the one that's kind of coordinating how your child is going to proceed. Um, as you assume that posture, you'll start to see it. You'll start to make some more dis decisive decisions. Hey, you know what? This assignment, you know what, son? Let's just let's skip this one, right? Or, you know what, I'm just, I'm just going to answer a couple of these for you. We're going to move along because we, we, we're going to really focus on the things that matter. This is not one that is actually a high priority for me, right? You as a, I want to empower parents to actually go there, to actually say, you know what, I know this kid better than anyone else in the world, and I'm going to now make active decisions to protect them or to accelerate them when I see these opportunities. Does that, does that feel like, you, you feel what I'm saying here? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I haven't been that, been that active. So I think that that mentality will really help for sure. Well, it's hard. We're, we're enculturated into the idea that we, um, that the school is the all knowing kind of entity for our kid, right? I, I listen, this is everything I'm telling you. I had to kind of unlearn a lot of this stuff myself. And, you know, mm -hmm. in the last five years, really, I wish I had kind of pressed into this a little bit earlier. It would have saved us a lot of pain. Our kids, a lot of pain too, frankly. So, um, but don't, so there's a, there's a guy who he's kind of a, he's kind of a, he's a, he's a uh, professor and some people like him, some people hate him. There's a quote that uh, I heard him say once that I thought was absolutely perfect related to education. He said, if you, and he wasn't talking about education, but he said, if you don't have options, then you can't negotiate. And if you can't negotiate, then you are a slave. The guy's mm. name is Jordan Peterson. You may know the name. He's mm -hmm. kind of a hothead. But, but the, 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 the quote is really spot on. I want to make sure that you, mom, have options, right? That's why I was asking the question about what could happen? What is there someone else in your life who could help support some of this? Could you look at a hybrid school? Could you look at a, building a micro school, uh, et cetera? Um, because that gives you more options. And now you don't have to ever worry about a school saying, hey, take it or leave it. And you say, well, I'm going to leave it. Take it easy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So building up, that's the long term that I would really encourage. Um, 
have conversations with other moms and dads of, of around the same ages of your kids, right? So, you know, five, six, seven, three, four, five, something like that. And start asking them questions like, do you feel like your kid is, um, is really being prepared for the 21st century, right? What are the, what are the three skills that you think a uh, young person most needs to master in, uh, in the 21st century to be successful? And what you'll hear from those parents is exact same thing that you're concerned about. You're going you're gonna to hear, gosh, I feel like my kid's not um, uh, curious enough or, or, the, or the work is actually destroying curiosity. He's turning into kind of a, a zombie of sorts, right? Those then become potential parents that you guys can start to scheme <laughs> and scheme like, okay, what, we, what, can we, what can we do differently, right? And again, that's a conversation for a longer time where we can talk about what a micro school looks like. We could talk about what summer looks like, a completely different imagination of what summer really presents itself as for kids that, that inspires your kid to want to learn. That's, that's what I'm actually most excited about. So, um, so short-term, there's this negotiation, um, but longer term, it's building, starting to build your assistant coaching staff, right? You mentioned a grandmother. I'd, I'd be interested in having a conversation or you having a conversation with your grandmother or heck, me having a conversation with your grandmother about mm-hmm. um, what might she be willing to help support in a way that's not sit down, read this book, complete this assignment, but in a way that's, hey, you're interested in dinosaurs? Let's go to the zoo every, I'm sorry, the, the uh, museum every day this week. And we're going to like draw pictures of dinosaurs and we're going to look at bones and we're going to talk to somebody there at the zoo about dinosaurs. And we're going to, right. You actually start to feed their curiosity in a way that's not done in school. That to me is where learning needs to go, where it is going in many communities and many households, but it's definitely not a normal practice. It is a weird practice because to me, I think normal is broken. So I now actually decide, I desire to be weird. So that's kind of, yeah, that's our approach. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I think, I think my husband and I have had conversations, similar conversations about how the current system really is broken and how Mm -hmm. we feel like we don't have a lot of options and that maybe we can pick up next for long-term is Mm -hmm. we're sort of at this crossroads of what to do because we know that the school that we're currently at isn't working Mm -hmm. and we're going to make a move and now Uh, it's figuring out where what that next move is um Mm -hmm. within you know the realm of of constraints that we have to work with but we still have i mean we're really privileged so we have options i think and it's sort of figuring out what is going to be best for our son and daughter uh, and, and making our, I guess, best next best guess. I mean, based on what we know and the information we have and, you know, yeah. That's right. You, and every model, whatever you choose, homeschool, micro school, hybrid, private, public charter, all of them have pros and cons. Right. And so you really, that's why I have these one-on-one conversations because I can't give anybody advice until I understand their context. Right. But you are right to say that you have at least enough income to know that you have options. You can find another school, but here's something I want you to really think about mom. Um, In fact, I was talking to someone in the Netherlands this morning about how uh, in the Netherlands, there was no homeschooling. It wasn't allowed, but 
now everyone's doing it to some degree. And she thinks that now there's going to be a looser definition of home learning. Now, here's how, how I, I think that's going to impact us here in the States. I think if you go to your next school or school interview, and let's say it's a private school, because I think public schools are going to take a long time to get to this point. If, if it's a private school and you said, listen, um, I would like, uh, I would like to have a conversation with you about bringing my child to the school, but there's some conditions. I would want my child to be at school four days a week. And on the fifth day, maybe it's a Wednesday, um, I'd like him to be at home the whole day. And I'm going to have grandma here and I'm going to take a half day uh, every day or dad's going to take a half day or flex the job. And we're going to do some experiential learning um, that may or may not be aligned with the school's work. Would you be willing to consider that? Right now, you're not you didn't mention you're not going to you're not you're going to pay less. You just said this is what I'm looking for. Right. That is an opportunity that I think is going to present itself that's never, ever been considered by a private school before. There's going to be a lot of parents who are going to say, you know what, there are aspects of this home learning thing that actually, actually I really like. I love going to the park with my son at noon. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah, <laughs> if I could homeschool, I would do that. I mean, I would love for my, I would love for one of us to, to, to homeschool. We just yeah. afford it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I get it. I get it. And, yeah. and, um, but again, um, even the idea of homeschooling, like, so when I, when I was homeschooling, the idea was this is school at home. Mm -hmm. I've, I've really, yeah. I, that, that idea is just dead right now. It's learning wherever the heck you are. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I could go back to when my kids were your age, um, you know, I'm, I'm tied into a church and I've got, you know, there are other kids whose parents or other parents who have kids around the same age. Um, I would absolutely have a conversation with my school public or private and say, listen, um, I'd like to pull them out once a, once, uh, uh, once a week. And here's something else. Check this out. Um, you're going to love this. Um, as a parent, you can pull your child out of school at any time. Did you know this? Mm, but don't they have to be there a number of days? They like can't miss certain amount or something. <laughs> so it's all negotiable in a public environment. What they want you to be is there during the average day, daily attendance time frame. So it's the time at which if your child is there, the school's going to get paid, right? Mm -hmm. So if your mm -hmm. child's not there at around 10 o'clock in the morning, your school doesn't get paid for that day. So if you leave outside of that, if you leave at noon, Oh, the school, in some cases, the school's like, wow, we got one less kid, but we still got paid. Okay. Right? <laughs> so, so there are parents who actually lean into that and they're like, you know what, you know, we're going to pull them out and we're going to pull them out with some regularity. And, you know, and the school knows that this mom is not pulling them out and putting the kid in front of a TV, right? They're pulling them out and they're going to the park and they're digging holes and looking and getting worms, right? Or they're going, you know, uh, hiking or they're going to the zoo or museum, Right. So, so the negotiation is really of, I'm going to accelerate my child's learning teacher, which is what your goal is too, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. now the way I think best can do that, because I know my kid is we're going to continue doing a lot of this work done, but on a couple of days a week, or maybe, you know, day a week, we're going to do something that every kid absolutely would love. Uh, and, and my kid's going to actually love it. And they're going to get more curious about science. They're going to get more curious about history. They're going to get more curious about math and about reading because we're doing these things. No teacher is going to object to that. Administration might, 
But again, if you have other options, you can start to now use those options to find the best environment for your kid. And it actually gets really fun, right? That's Dude, what I, it's making me so happy right now. I awesome. don't know why I've never even thought of that, honestly. Listen, that is remarkable. We could totally do that. Yes, yes, like you can. Even, like even half a day, like, I mean, if we couldn't do a full day, but like me trading with my husband and like, yes. that's amazing. That's such a brilliant idea that I didn't even think about. It's not my idea. That's why it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I talked to, I talked to hundreds and hundreds of parents. And so I'm getting all these ideas. I'm like, oh, that's gold. Okay. I'm going to share that with somebody else. Right. So I will tell you one other thing, mom. Um, I talked to two other parents in your same community in Chicago. Now, I'm not sure exactly where in Chicago you are. It's a big community. But I talked to two other parents last week who have, one has a four-year-old girl, one has a, uh, I'm sorry, three and a half, almost four-year-old girl. One has a four-year-old, almost five-year-old uh, son. So they're in the same age group as you. They're asking the exact same questions you're describing. Now, I could put three of you guys together and have, a, and, and I bet you you'd be fast friends because they're, they're thoughtful, kind, you know, intentional parents like you. Um, but there's all these other models, right, where you could kind of piece some things together. Um, there has to be alignment between the parents, right? Uh, but you could piece some things together. Hey, we're going to meet at the park at, uh, at noon every Wednesday or every Friday, whatever. Um, we're going to read the same book and then we're going to uh, at, we're going to do a play. We're going to do a play on, uh, you know, every, every Saturday based on, you know, what we have, uh, what we've read. I mean, there's all these options that are not traditional homeschooling. I call it home learning or non-school learning, which every kid does all the time, right? Every mom, every dad, always teaching their child. The question is, is it organized? And is it um, something that is strategic or is it just kind of happenstance? And so I I'm super excited that you're getting pumped because that's the, that's the energy that you're going to need to deal with the hardship that's going to come from some of this stuff. Cause it's not easy, mom, right? It's not, but it's so much more fun for your kid. You'll see them light up in ways that uh, you're not seeing now. Anyway, any yeah. reaction to that? Yeah, no, I am excited and awesome. I'm, I'm pumped. And awesome. I think, we're, we're looking to move. So I'm excited about like finding a community where there's mm. other parents of like similar aged kids, which yeah. is something we want to intentionally do yep. to kind of help, like not just build community, but also, you know, maybe share the load of like intentional, intentional home learning and like organized learning, which I think Absolutely. Is, is totally yep. something not we do sometimes on occasion, but not regularly. Uh, so he, here's the other thing that I would recommend, and we need to start to close this down here in a minute. But one, I would make, recommend that any parent that you know that has a child around your the age of your son uh, or daughter, go and ask them some of the questions I gave you. How's it going? What, what, do you feel like your child's being prepared for the 21st century? Do you feel like your child is learning to love learning uh, or they're just kind of rote doing work because it's assigned? Uh, and are you okay with that? And would you be interested in exploring other alternatives? Um, and then I would be more than happy, again, free of charge, to have a conversation with you and a couple other parents. And I can say, here's, here's what others are doing in terms of, um, of micro schools. Here's what a micro school is, right? I don't even like that term, by the way, because whenever we hear school, I hear and I think of um, rows of desks, um, the adult 
describing what has to happen today, right? The test is going to be on this week and here's what's going to be on the test. That's, that's not what a micro school actually turns out to be. And briefly, a micro school is on the subjects that are cumulative and progressive, like reading and math, right? You can't have kids of different age in that same room. Uh, I'm sorry, kids of different ability and skill level doing math together. It just doesn't make sense. So what they do is they break out those reading and math concepts and they do those individually using sometimes technology, sometimes it's one-on-one, but it's individualized. But then all the creative stuff and you know the history and the uh, acting and the you know music, that's everybody, right? Because you can be three years old and beat on a drum, right? Uh, you can, you know, I always make the joke in the play, the three-year-old is going to be the, the, the sheep or the goat or the tree, right? The seven-year-old is going to be a fellow or, you know, or, uh, you know, so you can, you, and that's how it gets blended together. Uh, yeah. It's beautiful. And I can, I'll send you a link to a woman here locally, uh, here in Houston, I should say, who built one for herself. And you hear her story. I'm like, there's no way that that's, there, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that that's a hundred percent better than any school environment that she's going to find. So all that to say is you're welcome to call me again. Uh, you know how to get a hold of me. If you want to have a conversation, even if just kind of exploratory conversation with me, just you and I, or with a couple of parents, let me know. And then if you'd like me to connect you to those parents that I mentioned, who I spoke with last week, happy to do that. Who knows where that might go? Um, they're good people and they've got similar intentions around their kids. So that's, that's, uh, that's a good start potentially. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much. Matt. Yeah. I really yeah. Appreciate it. yeah. My pleasure. My pleasure. Any other questions? Uh, no, thanks. I took a lot of notes. So I okay. need to, I need to brief the hubby. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Thank you. Uh, but again, you're welcome to call me anytime. And uh, I really enjoy this. And it's been great meeting you and having a conversation about your kids. And I will end by asking you to do two things for me. One, pray for your kids. Uh, whether you whether you're a believer or not, still call on a higher power to uh, wrap and he- put a hedge around your kids, and then hug them. Hug them as often as you can. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, when I get off of this call, I'm going to go and hug my uh, my 18 year old son and he's going to like it weirded out, but I'm going to do it because <laughs> I still pay the bills around here. So, um, so, uh, yeah, those two things. And I think you'll be in good shape. So call me again if you need to. And thanks for the call. Thank you. Thanks so yep. much for making the time. Appreciate yep. it. All thanks. right. Well, there it is. I hope it's another mom satisfied or at least having some clarity of how she can move forward with her son and daughter. I have already reached out to two other families, actually now three other families in the area in Chicago uh, to connect them because who knows, maybe there's a micro school forming uh, as we speak. So more on that. I hope to give you guys an update about that conversation at some point in the future. Again, this is the education game. This is a special edition, something I'm probably going to do more often, which is record the calls I'm having with parents so that other parents can hear about what advice I'm giving, and maybe it helps you uh, with your situation with your child. So if you would like to schedule an appointment to have a conversation with me, you can go to theeducationgame.com slash contact, and that will give you a button to press that will then take you to schedule onto my calendar, and I really look forward to the conversation. I hope it is beneficial to you and anyone else who might listen, and this program was 
underwritten by our generous supporters at patreon.com. And these are, again, folks like yourselves who hear the show and feel like there's something more they want to do to help the show continue. If you would like to contribute, you go to patreon.com slash the education game. And again, contribute in any amount is great. Really appreciate that. Now, my last advice before I close out is to do two simple things with your child. Hug them and pray for them. I'm a believer that prayer works. I don't know how entirely, but I know that it does. And that to me is more powerful than any strategy that you may have heard from me in this show or in any previous show. So that's the last advice I'll give, and I'll give that on every show from this point on because, again, I think it's the most important advice I can give. This is Matt with The Education Game. Thanks for joining us. I hope this was helpful, and I'll see you next time.